In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. The first training camps happened, and I'm here with Scott Petrak. Scott, tell us, how was it? It was exciting. You know, we talked about it so much leading up to it, and then to actually get out here on the field, you know, Odell Beckham Jr., everybody wanted to see him, Baker in year two. It was a really good atmosphere, and then there were enough highlights, I think, to keep, uh, to make the fans happy. Yeah, excellent. I think everyone's seen the three clips from uh, Odell Beckham already, and he looked like he was on fire. Anything that you could comment on actually seeing him with your own eyes? Yeah, it's just, it's really fun to see. You knew he was good, right? And we, I saw him in minicamp a little bit. Now, I don't think he was going quite at full speed like he was today when we saw him in minicamp. But just you see him out here, and it was right away. You know, I think it was the second or third play of the 11-on-11s, 11 and he makes the fade catch. Then Baker comes back to me and makes the juggling catch and gets inbounds. It's, he's just so smooth with everything he does. He's fast. He's got great hands. Um, it's just going to be fun to watch him. And I was talking with one of the other writers, and, you know, we you see good players. You know, Josh Gordon was here. But the Browns just have more now. So it's more fun to watch practice and more fun to talk about, more fun to write about. And I think the fans will notice that when they come out to training camp. Excellent. I, I really hope he's consistent through training camp and uh, obviously doesn't get injured. Yeah, I mean, that's a big thing. And you got to keep up, you know, watch out for that with all the big guys. But if he's healthy, he can have – he just changes your receiving core because he's a legitimate number one. All of a sudden, Jarvis is a big-time number two. And down the list, and you're just not a lot of special players like Odell running around. Excellent. And um, how um, how did the rest of the wide receiver room look today? Anyone stand out or anyone that maybe struggled? Well, you know what? I noticed guys making catches, and I didn't notice anybody really struggling out there. I saw Ishmael Hyman drop one, I believe. But I saw Damian Ratley, who I think is competing to be that fourth, fifth, sixth receiver, make a couple of really nice plays, including a touchdown where – Terrence Mitchell was holding his arm, and he still was able to make the play and score. So I'd like Jackson make a couple of catches. And then Jarvis made a really strong catch. T.J. Carey looked like he was going to make an interception, and Jarvis was able to get his hands on the ball and then rip it away. So I thought it was a good day for the receiving core. I didn't see Antonio Callaway do a whole lot and not Higgins, but I saw enough guys where I thought it was a good day. Yeah, the only thing that I've report um, seen on online is that um, Derek Willie seemed to have had a good get a good uh, training day as well. I don't know if you saw that at all. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned him because I did see Willie's make some catches, and you know he was he got hurt so quick last year, but he was a guy that showed potential, and he's a big, tall, fast guy. So when we talk about who's going to make the roster receiver, I think you have to include all those guys that we just talked about. Yeah, and. The other guy, um, Blake Jackson, I thought uh, someone else mentioned, that had a uh, 
had a good game and uh, or good training session. And uh, yeah, uh, a few people on Twitter said that um, uh, Callaway didn't seem his usual self. So uh, who knows? It's first day. Yeah. Yeah, I need to I need to check back with him tomorrow because the coaches and his teammates are really high on him during the off season. And today he he just didn't look to have the same burst. So I don't know if he's fighting something. I don't know if it's just he's being careful on the first day back. So I'll definitely keep an eye out that out for that tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, how did the uh, tight end room? Did you see a lot of that at all today? You know, I didn't see – there weren't a whole lot of balls to the tight ends. I saw Baker kind of led Najoku too far on one for an incompletion. I saw set the valve get a couple of plays back-to-back with one of the backup quarterbacks. And one time the, he got held and the official didn't throw the flag. The next one he made a catch. You know, that's a guy on the bubble. So the more he is noticed by, not necessarily me, but by the coaching staff for doing something is a good sign because, to me, he is right on the bubble. He's always had potential and just hasn't shown up enough. And now it better show up or he's not going to be here after training camp. Mm. Yeah, he certainly is one of the guys on the bubble. And uh, I just didn't understand why he was not being played end of last year. But I think we're going to find out between now and the start of September uh, if he's part of this or not. I really hope so. Um, but yeah, let's let's see. And uh, um, obviously, pads weren't on today. Did you see anything of the O line or? Yeah, well, what stood out is, and we've talked about this before, but the right guard spot. You know, so Austin Corbett takes the first reps at right guard, which was expected. But then Freddie Kitchen says it's going to be a rotation to start camp. So they're not giving Corbett the big advantage and saying, okay, we're going to have you work in there for a few days and see if you can hang on to the job, they're going to rotate. So we could have a different starter right guard tomorrow. I thought the backup lineman struggled with some snaps. Kyle Kalis was, you know, they're trying to work him at garden center and he had a fumbled exchange. And then he and the quarterback, David Blow or Blau, both went pretty yank both those guys. And then to be honest, the Larry Hogan Joby got through a couple times. He got through first sack. Miles got through for a sack, and there were a couple of batted balls at the line of scrimmage. So you don't, you know, it's tough to tell if that's all D line or part or all O line or who's to blame there. But it, once the pads come on, it'll be a really good battle because there's a lot of talent on the D line, that front four, and whoever's playing offensive line is going to have a big challenge in front of them. Yeah, and did you see anything of uh, Kush at all? No, you know what? I did not really notice him. I was keeping an eye out for Corbett and Kalis were the two guys. I was kind of watching to see where they were. So I did not notice Kush. Yeah, keep an eye out for that 72, uh, Scott. Let's see, uh, yeah. let's see if he's, how much he's challenging um, uh, Corbett because uh, I think that's going to be one of the uh, big, uh, big battles during uh, this training camp. Well, yeah, uh, no doubt. And he might be the guy tomorrow. He might be a right guard tomorrow. So I'll, I'll look out for that. Yeah, okay, cool. And uh, did you see much of the uh, running game at all? Yeah, you know what? Until the pads come on, you see an awful lot of throwing. And Freddie was asked about that after practice. And it was the same in OTAs and minicamp. The Browns, the defense has been in nickel like 95% of the time because the Browns are going a lot of three wides, one tight end, one running back. So you don't see a lot of running. I saw a screen pass to Duke. I saw a draw to Duke that worked. Uh, you saw Nick Chubb carry the ball a little bit. But once they go 7-on-7, 11-on-11, you just haven't seen – and it's only one practice. 
but you haven't seen a ton of the running backs in that way. And I spent most of my time with the receivers and defensive backs today as opposed to the linemen where they do some running drills because that was on the opposite side of the field. Yeah, okay, got you. And um, it's interesting, though. It's, it sounds quite positive for Duke that he got some uh, snaps today. So that they're obviously thinking about him and he's, um, yeah, not just as everyone thought, maybe he's just going to get traded and kicked out of here. It sounds like they're giving him a good uh, good uh, set of snaps. Yeah, it was a good sign. And I do think they're serious about being in no rush to trade Duke and counting on him to be here. Now, I will say that the fact that Kareem Hunt was injured, you know, he's got a groin injury and didn't practice, that means more time for a guy like Duke Johnson. But I think Duke did remind If anybody had any doubts, Duke reminded him that, yes, He's still talented and could still have an impact. And flipping on the defense side, what were your key takeaways from the defense? Well, you know, we talked about the D-line, so I won't go into much more there. But Garrett, actually, the only other thing I'll add there is that Garrett dropped back on one play and almost intercepted a slant from Baker to Odell because Baker wasn't expecting, you know, Miles to drop. And he actually said Miles should have had the interception. So it was interesting to see him do that. And Miles talked about how they're using him of more a variety of ways, moving him from right side to the left side, dropping him. And now they're not going to drop him a lot, but they're just using him in different roles. And I think that could be difficult for other off for the opposing offense to keep track of a guy that talented. And then when you move the the cornerback spot, Greedy Williams, it looked to me in minicamp that he'd taken that starting spot from the veterans, it was going to be him and Dante Ward, but the Browns are going to make him earn it. He was not with the starters much today. You saw Terrence Mitchell out there wide on OBJ a lot, and then even in the nickel, it would be Ward, Mitchell, and then Carey in the slot. So I still would bet on Greedy Williams being the guy week one, but the Browns coaches are going to make him earn it, and they should because there's a couple of quality veterans in Mitchell and Carey that he needs to pass on that depth chart. I remember when Mitchell wasn't injured last uh, season, he really stepped up, uh, especially, uh, I think it was one-on-one against uh, Judas Jones, and he looked really, really good. So, uh, yeah, I'm really pleased that he's getting uh, uh, number one snaps. That's really good. Well, yeah, and when you talk, it's almost the same thing as with Odell on the other side of the ball. If, If Denzel and Greedy can be your one and two, then all of a sudden, you know, Mitchell's a big, you know, a big time number three. Carey's a big time number four. And then you're starting to talk about really quality depth and units that can challenge to be among the best in the league. And I think the same goes for the D-line. Mm. And, the, yeah, the linebacker room, um, any, was it mainly um, two linebackers playing at the, at the same time with Kurtzy and Schobert? Yeah, I don't think I saw one. I, I think I saw one rep and it was at the second team defense of three linebackers. Everything else was nickel that I was paying attention to. Uh, the only noteworthy thing there to me was that Taki Taki was with the twos and Mac Wilson was with the threes when I was watching. I saw Taki Taki and Ray Ray Armstrong in the first snaps with the second team defense. Yeah. There's, there was some uh, Odell Beckham or Landry said some really nice things that, you know, he was at training camp six o'clock in the morning, super keen, lots of energy. So, uh, yeah, he's definitely one to watch for the future. Yeah, I, th- I think the Browns expect a lot out of him. Whether it's this year or next year, they expect a lot out of him. Good. And, and let's, and let's uh, just go safeties. Um, I saw Randall on the pi- 
a little bit. Who else was was um, uh, Burnett starting with him or? Yeah, the first reps they took were Randall and Burnett. I saw later it was there were some Randall and Whitehead, and so Whitehead was in there instead of Burnett. And then they had some packages where they went three safeties with the three of those guys. So you know that's a it's a crowded position room when you throw in Eric Murray who's lining up at free safety with the second team, and then Cedric Redwine, the rookie out of Miami. And he was playing some strong safety with the second team. So there's five guys there. I don't know if they'll keep five. My guess is they will because Whitehead's got some flexibility and so does Randall. But it's a pretty deep position group too, assuming Burnett has a bounce back here. You know, he's hurt last year, didn't like where he's playing in Pittsburgh. He's playing more kind of a linebacker role. So if he can stay healthy and is comfortable playing strong safety, you got some talent back there. Yeah, it's, it's great that we've got this depth now. So uh... – yeah, hopefully, like I said, the injuries, we keep away from that. And uh, my last question is, um, did you see anything of the punters or the kickers? I knew you were going to go there. I actually <laughs> did not see <laughs> – I didn't see any place kicking. So maybe they did on a different field when we were watching the 11-on-11s and 7-on-7s. But I did see some punting, and I saw Scottish Hammer and Cole Quick go back and forth. You know, Hammer's got a big leg. He really does. You know, my guess is, not being a punting expert, but my guess is that Colquitt's more consistent right now. Yeah. And, you know, they need Jamie Gillen to get that level of consistency if they really think he's going to challenge for that job. Mm. And uh, how was it with all the press conferences? Um, obviously, Freddie's now getting his stride as head coach. How do you think he um, is doing um, – Maybe behind the scenes, do you find him nervous? Is he very confident? Yeah, how are you feeling? Because you're, you're, you're there right next to him uh, interviewing these guys. That's true. I was standing right there. He, uh, it's interesting. I, I think he's a likable guy. I think he's Cleveland's kind of guy. And he's all in, right? In, and he doesn't apologize. And this is his way. And he loves the Cleveland, all that kind of stuff. And to me, he's got the right personality for this town and this fan base because they buy in, right? They buy in wholeheartedly, and I think he's a guy you can get behind. Having said that, I, I just from a media perspective, I, I like him, and he's got good quotes. I think he gets a little defensive sometimes um, and, you know, maybe thinks, you know, he'll say stuff like, oh, you guys didn't ask me about the defense. Or I keep hearing that there's not enough balls to go around. Like a little bit of a rabbit ears thing. But it's fine, but I'm not sure he needs to say that when we talk to him. And then uh, the only other, this is just kind of a inside media, I think, is a funny note. I asked him about Mike Daniels, you know, the free agent defensive tackle that visited today. And I said, hey, have you had a chance to sit down with him yet? And he kind of goes, oh, and he looked at me and he goes, he goes, I don't know. And I go, you don't know if you had a chance to sit down with him? <laughs> I don't know. And he's like, and he looks at the PR guy in the PR guy and says, hey, they know he's here. He's like, oh, yeah, then I said, you know, I talked to him. So, um, you know, he's he talks about honesty, but there he's being a little bit cagey with the media. Yeah, no, um, uh, as someone who listens to all the press conferences, I do feel that um, he, he is a, a little bit um, defensive towards you guys or a little bit um, <laughs> offended, but, uh, yeah, it's not a uh, pure 
open relationship yet. And uh, obviously there's lots of jokes going backwards and forwards. And uh, obviously I met Freddie when I was out there and yeah, he's a tall, big guy. I don't think you see that when you watch him on TV, but he's got, he has got a huge presence when uh, you're actually standing next to him. No, you're, you're right about that. He doesn't, you know, I, and he's a first time coach. So there's going to be bumps in the road, but I think he's overall has handled himself. Well, you know, but the real test and it's the same test it's going to be for the team is when something goes bad, how does he handle it? And how does the team handle it? You know, we really haven't asked him a whole lot of tough questions on the grand scheme of things. And that's going to have to come and he's going to have to prove that he can handle those. Yeah. Well, Scott, I just want to say a huge thank you for your insight. It's always great to uh, uh, listen to you. And I, d- I didn't realize you asked that uh, tough question to him. So uh, it was you. Hey, uh, um, yep. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. And uh, Scott, tell everyone, where can everyone find your details? Oh, sure. I mean, you can follow me on Twitter, just at Scott Petrak, S-C-O-T-T-P-E-T-R-A-K. And the website is brownszone.com, brownszone.com. And that's where all my, uh, all my articles are. Excellent. All right, Scott. And uh, uh, when are your next articles going to come up? Yeah, I mean, I just posted one about OBJ. I posted one about Baker. I'm working on some notes and a camp log. So there's always going to probably be three or four things a day for training camp. Excellent, Scott. Thank you so much for your time. That insight has been absolutely amazing. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Take care, Scott. Thank you. See you, buddy.